Oh dear, place is falling apart here. Gotta pick up wires, I'll tell you. This place is a mess. <laughs> oh, but I don't want to bring you down. Telling you all the horrible details. Oh no, me ain't gonna do that. No, welcome, welcome friends to another edition of Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host. It is so good to be back and it is so good to see you as we've got a good show for you today the great gildersleeve and some fantastic music you know in gildersleeve land it's getting closer and closer to the time when marjorie that's gildersleeve's niece when marjorie gets married well as a matter of fact it's only a week away the wedding will happen next week but in today's show the preparations all the last minute preparations are being made and one of them preparations is to make sure the guests who have been invited are on hand so that they'll be there. One of those guests that hmm, Bronco invited, and I don't know if this is a wise idea, he invited his old girlfriend to attend his wedding. Oh, now I would have thought twice on that decision. But anyway, that's what Bronco's done. But the trouble is, Bronco's girlfriend, she's missing. Where is she? Bronco... It's his duty now to go out and find his old girlfriend. Where could she be? But now Marjorie, she realizes Bronco's been gone quite a long time. Maybe she's worried now. Where's Bronco? That's the cry of tonight's show. Maybe Bronco's just gone out walking. Instead of taking his car, he's taking a long walk. Here is J.P. Morgan and her big hit, The Longest Walk. That's where Bronco is. Took the longest walk in the world last night from your arms to your front door. I heard the saddest words in the world last night when you said you love me. does not compute hold it now hold the phone you folks oh <laughs> there's a longest walk 
going mad. That was J.P. Morgan. She sings about taking a long walk. A walk in the black forest, perhaps. But no, uh-uh, that's not where Bronco is. He's walking all through the town looking for his old girlfriend. And by the way, that was J.P. Morgan. That was her, probably her biggest hit, The Longest Walk. Well, while Bronco goes looking for his girlfriend, hmm, this is bringing Marjorie to worry. What is it about this girlfriend of Bronco's that is so important? Why is he so concerned? And why has he disappeared to find the girlfriend? I think our house singer may know something about that girlfriend. Here's Bing Crosby. Tell us about her, Bing. Isn't she cute? And isn't she sweet? She's gentle and mentally nearly complete. She's knockout, she's regal, her beauty's illegal. She's the girlfriend. Take her to dance, take her to tea. It's stunning how cunning this lady can be. A look at this vision brings on a collision. She's the girlfriend. She's so smart, she's refined How can she be real? She has heart, she has mind Man, the girl's ideal Isn't she cute? Isn't she sweet? An eyeful you die full of pleasure to meet In my funny fashion I'm cursed with a passion for the girlfriend singing about it it's got to be important the girlfriend well bing knows something about her but i don't think he's going to tell marjorie where she is because oh that just might ruin bronco's plans he <laughs> whatever they may be we're going to find out what those plans are in today's great gildersleeve and speaking of plans how about the plan that lola albright has when she says you're driving me crazy which is exactly Marjorie's feeling. How about it, Marjorie? Is Bronco driving you crazy? Here's Lola Albright from the Peter Gunn Show. Oh, 
she's sultry. Hey, you, you're driving me crazy. What did I do? What did I do? My tears for you. Desert me when I needed you Now you You're driving me crazy What did I do to you? Yeah, something like what Marjorie's going through. Yeah, that was Lola Albright. She was a sexy lady. She used to be in the Peter Gunn series. She played in just about every episode. Played the nightclub singer, the Chanteuse. Yes, and that was Lola Albright. What a beautiful girl. She was sort of like TV's version of Peggy Lee. That's my opinion, but she was great. And she made a couple of albums. That one was called Dreamsville, the name of the album. Henry Mancini doing the uh, music, as just as he did on the Peter Gunn Show. And that album was put out just about the exact same time as Peter Gunn was very popular. So anyway, yeah, good song there from Lola. And it sums up Marjorie's feelings right now as she wonders, where is Bronco? We're going to find out right now as we go to the May 3rd episode, May 3rd, 1950 episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Let's listen on Sounds Like Radio. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) 
The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the wonderful new Kraft Deluxe Slices everybody's talking about. Have you discovered this marvelous new way to buy cheese in slices? Kraft Deluxe Slices are different from any sliced cheese you've ever had in your life before. They're perfect slices, cut, wrapped, and sealed by Kraft. A little later on, I'll tell you all about the amazing new Kraft Deluxe Slices. Well, it won't be long now. Just a few more days and the great Gildersleeve's niece, Marjorie, heads for the altar to become the blushing bride of Bronco Thompson. Say, isn't this the great man coming up the street? Sure is. By golly, the water commissioner's home from the office early today. I wonder what's up. Oh, promise me that someday you and I... Hey, Unc! Oh, hello, Leroy. Can I go to the wedding rehearsal tonight? Can I, Unc? Well, I don't know. Oh, let me go. I've never seen a wedding. But this isn't going to be the wedding, my boy. They're just going to practice. I've never seen that either. I ought to go, Unc. It'll be part of my education. Education? Sure. Every little bit helps. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, the photographers from Look Magazine are going to be there getting ready to shoot pictures of the wedding. I suppose you should go. Oh, boy, keen, Unc. Yeah. Let's go in and see how your little sister's getting along, huh? After you, Unc. Well, thank you, Leroy. What's happened to the boy? That you, Miss Gilsley? Yeah, I'm home, Bertie. Where's Marjorie? She's in the back bedroom. Land alive, the way that girl's been working today. She's just been sailing around here. Well, she's excited, Bertie. Yes, She's been zipping through the kitchen, out to the garage, zipping back in, zipping out again. What have you been doing, Bertie? I've been ducking. (laughs) (laughs) She don't want any help, Mr. Gillsleeve. She's getting ready for the honeymoon trip, and she wants to do it herself. Well, you know how brides are, Bertie. Yes, sir. (laughs) You ought to see her, Unc. She has on some old beaten-up slacks and one of your old sweatshirts. Her hair is hanging down her eyes. Boy, Bronco should see her. He'd join the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my boy. He even scared me. Mm-hmm. Is that you, Uncle Moore? Here she comes. Well, when'd you get home, Unky? Ah! Leroy! What's the matter with him? No, nothing. Pay no attention to him, my dear. He was just making fun of your... Oop! What an outfit. Well, I've been working, Unky. Can't expect me to wear an evening gown when I'm digging suitcases out of that dusty old garage. No, I guess not. I don't know why they had to build our garage way out in the back. Seems like I had to lug those suitcases a mile. Look at my shoes. Those are shoes? Yep. Well, it is quite a ways back to the garage. Gee, if Bronco could only see her now. Oh, stop it. Society Flash. Marjorie Forrester, the blushing bride, was devastating in gorgeous prune-colored slacks decorated with mud. (laughs) And wearing the new ankle-length sweatshirt, courtesy of the uptown bowling alley. (laughs) All right, Leroy, that will do. Uncle Mort, if that's Bronco, I'll die. Hello, Bertie. Is Marjorie here? There he is, Marjorie. You're dead. Well, I can't let him see me like this. What am I going to do? Go stand in a corner. We'll tell him you're a mop. (laughs) All right, Leroy. You've had your fun. Now go outside. Go on, scat. Okay. And he was so polite before. Miss Marjorie, Mr. Bronco's here. Well, tell him I can't see him, Bertie. Tell him... Don't you do anything of the kind, Bertie. You're being very childish about this, Marjorie. After all, Bronco isn't here to pick you up for a date. This is the man you're going to marry. There's a difference. But, Uncle, Uncle, he's never seen me like this in these terrible old clothes. What'll he think? Oh, my goodness. Marjorie Bronco is marrying you, not a three-piece ensemble from Hogan Brothers. If he loves you, he won't care if you're wearing a gunny sack. 
With this awful sweatshirt from a bowling alley. There's nothing awful about it. I won a tournament in that sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, Marge, I'm here. All right, Bronco, she'll be there in a minute. Well, I suppose you're right, Anki. Clothes shouldn't make any difference. Of course not, my dear. In fact, here's a chance to prove to yourself that Bronco really loves you. Just go wash your little face, powder your nose, and then come in just as you are. All right. Hope you're right, Anki. Sure, I'm right. Silly girl. Worrying about Bronco getting cold feet. <laughs> he's so crazy about her, he doesn't know which way he's going. That boy is numb with love. <laughs> well, hello, Bronco. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Say, I'm glad I caught you. Caught me? Yeah, I'm on a merry-go-round, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, don't let it worry you, my boy. The groom is always a little dizzy before the wedding. Oh, no, it's not that. The fellow who is going to be my best man has gone out of town. Oh? Mr. Gildersleeve... Do you suppose Judge Hooker would stand up for me? The judge? Why, he'd be tickled to death, Bronco. I'll go over to his house this afternoon and ask him. Oh, thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm kind of mixed up. I've watched other people get married, but gosh, this time it's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you, all right. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, you may not believe this, but my heart just stops beating every time I think about Marjorie and how beautiful she is. Well... How beautiful. Now, wait. I feel like I'm marrying an angel with stars in her hair. Yeah, but... In a gossamer gown of purest gold. Zeke. Hello, Bronco, darling. Oh, hello, Marge. I mean... Marge? <laughs> Don't I look dreadful, Bronco? Well, no. I mean, you look fine. Wonderful. What happened? <laughs> well, uh, Bronco, Marjorie's been working, getting the little suitcases ready for your honeymoon trip. <laughs> Isn't that a cute little sweatshirt? <laughs> Gee, I'm sorry, Bronco. I shouldn't have let you see me like this, and just before the wedding rehearsal, too. Oh, that's all right, Marge. You look just like you always do. <laughs> Watch it, Bronco. I mean, you always look good to me. Do I, Bronco? Sure. The boy's a genius. He slipped out of that one. <laughs> well, I have to hurry and get dressed. The rehearsal starts at 8 o'clock, and we have to be at the church at 7.30, Bronco. Oh, gosh, that reminds me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, I forgot what I came for. I'm on a merry-go-round. Yeah, well, stay on it, my boy. Maybe you'll catch a ring. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve, I came to ask if I could borrow your car. My back tire blew out, and I've got to be at the railroad station at 4 o'clock. Railroad station? Yeah, to pick up Hazel. Hazel? Who's Hazel? Hazel McCoy. She's a girl I used to know, a kind of a friend of the family. She's coming clear from Miami Beach for the wedding. Isn't that swell? Yes, that's very nice Yeah, certainly Good to have old friends at a wedding Yes, sir Here are the keys to the Studebaker, my boy It's back in the garage Oh, thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve I'll see you later, Marge You'll have to choke it Gee, that's funny Never told me about a girl named Hazel Well, he probably forgot, my dear He's on a merry-go-round But why didn't he tell me about her? Oh, for Marjorie, you can't expect him to tell you about all the girls he ever knew A man forgets I know lots of girls that I can't remember <laughs> so much if he hadn't seen me in this awful outfit. Uncle Mord, what do you suppose this Hazel McCoy looks like? Well, she's probably as plain as an old shoe, my dear. He said she was a family friend, probably a book collector like Mr. Thompson. I wonder if she's a blonde. No. Well, why was he in such a hurry to pick her up? Well, he didn't want to miss the train. 
Now, Marge, we don't start getting any silly ideas. I guess you're right, Unky. I am being silly. Sure, Bronco's safe. <laughs> you never have to worry about that boy. Now, you run up and get ready for the rehearsal while I go over and see Judge Hooker. Why Judge Hooker? For the wedding, my dear. He's going to be the best man. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, what a combination. A Bronco and an old goat. <laughs> <laughs> I simply don't know what to say. Well, don't say anything, Judge. Just be there. Of course, you may have to hold Bronco up during the ceremony. Well, I'll take care of him, Gilde. I'll bring along my acetate bag. Uh, it has great restorative powers for such occasions. Yes, yes. Well, the rehearsal's at 8 o'clock tonight, Judge, over at the church. You can count on me, Gilde. My, I've never been so deeply touched. Mm -hmm. What finer gesture of friendship than to be invited to stand at the side of one about to catapult himself into the tossing seas of matrimony. Judge, this is a wedding, not a shipwreck. <laughs> it's a great moment in a young man's life, Gilde. I should be proud to be standing on the deck when they launch their little ship upon the sea of light. Oh, my goodness. How's Marjorie standing up under the approach of the great day, Gilde? Well, she's a little upset at the moment, Judge. Very cute, though. She's worried about Bronco and another girl. A little jealous, I think. Oh, the green-eyed monster. Yeah. <laughs> Bronco barred my car to go to the depot. He's picking up an old girlfriend who came out for the wedding. An old girlfriend? Friend of the family, Judge. Well, what's the difference, Gildy? Every girl is a friend of somebody's family. <laughs> now, don't you start in on this horse. Well, well, I'm sure a pretty girl like Marjorie has nothing to worry about. That's what I tell her, Judge. But when Bronco came over this afternoon, Marjorie had been working and... She looked like, well, she wasn't dressed up. And you know how girls are, Judge. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Of course, I kept telling her that this friend of Bronco's was probably the plainest creature imaginable. No competition whatsoever. Why, certainly. Now, if she looked like this... Look at this evening's paper, Gilly. What's this? See the picture of the girl on the front page? The one in the bathing suit? Well, nice. Now, if Bronco's old girlfriend looked like that, Marjorie might have reason to be concerned. Yeah, what a blonde fire hazard I uh, don't have my glasses, Gildy Who is the young lady? Oh, probably some movie starlet See what it says here Miss Everglades of 1946 arrives today To be guest of Broadmoor residence Miss Hazel McCoy Oh, What's the matter, Gilde? Out of the way, Judge. You've got to get home and snag the evening paper before Marjorie sees it. I don't understand. Do you know this blonde bombshell? I don't know the bomb, Judge, but I'm going to. It's falling right on our little house. The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. You know, they say seeing's believing, and that's why I'd like you to stop at your grocer's dairy case when you're shopping tomorrow and take home a package marked Kraft Deluxe Slices. Then you'll see for yourself that a package so neat really can hold eight big, easy-to-separate slices of cheese, Kraft Deluxe Slices. Here's really fine pasteurized processed cheese that's cut into generous slices, wrapped eight big slices to each neat half-pound package, and sealed right in the spick-and-span Kraft plant. Protected by Kraft, every Kraft Deluxe cheese slice is clean and sanitary, and every slice perfect, too. No slivers or broken pieces, no dried-out edges, but each cheese slice a perfect square of mellow good eating. 
With rich-tasting Kraft Deluxe Slices, you can fix a variety of delicious cheese snacks and sandwiches, even a fancy cheese tray, as quick as a wink and just as easy. You can get Kraft Deluxe Slices in any one of your four Kraft favorites. Kraft American, Pimento, Swiss, and Sharp Old English brand. Take home your favorite and see for yourself how one package so neat really does hold eight big perfect slices, a whole half pound of delicious cheese. Once you discover Kraft Deluxe Slices, you'll never buy cheese slices any other way. Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. If I can just get the paper before Bertie does. No reason to worry about Bronco, but Marjorie won't understand. <laughs> Why did I ever get myself into this? It's not my fault. Quit kidding yourself, Gildersleeve. It is too your fault. You encourage Marjorie to let Bronco get her all messed up. Fine thing on the day of the wedding rehearsal. Oop! Almost past the house. Zeke, no paper. I'm too late. Hazel McCoy, I mean... Where's the evening paper, Leroy? Bertie came out and got it. What's all the excitement, huh? You wouldn't understand, my boy. Anybody seen Bronco? Sure, he just drove in the driveway. He did? Well, good old Bronco. Uh, uh, yes, sir. There's the car back in the garage. Hey, what's going on around here today? Everybody's on a merry-go-round. Never mind, my boy. Everything's going to be all right. You run along now. I'm going back and lock up the garage. <sighs> Getting too old for that kind of running. Silly, too, getting upset about Bronco and that girl. Just a family friend, like he said. <sighs> well, it's all part of the excitement that goes with the wedding. Bronco and Marjorie are probably in the parlor right now, billing and cooing. Bronco working up an appetite for dinner. <laughs> I'll lock up the old garage and go in and relax. There. Oh, brother, what an afternoon. That you, Mr. Gillsleeve? That's right, Bertie. Where's Bronco? That's what Miss Marjorie would like to know. Sure. What? Isn't he here? No, sir. You better go in and see Miss Marjorie. She's on the wall path. But, Bertie, the car's in the garage. Maybe the car's in the garage, but you better go see Miss Marjorie. There's a girl that just seen the evening paper. Oh, Bertie, Bronco has to be here. Maybe he has to be here, but he ain't here. Nothing here but the evening paper. What? You seen the evening paper, Mr. Gilsleeve? Yes, Bertie, but... Uh... Oh, Miss Marjorie, ready to get married, and here comes the evening paper. I know, Bertie, but... Oh, Miss Marjorie. <laughs> Goodness sake. I no sooner get off the merry-go-round than I'm right back on it again. Uncle Marge! They're coming, my dear. Paper, Uncle Moore. Yes, Marge, we there's nothing to get excited about. The car's in the garage. Bronco's here. No, he isn't. He's out somewhere with that blonde, Miss Everglades of 1946. Lost in a swamp. <laughs> but he can't be, my dear. The car's here. He probably just walked down to the service station to pick up his car. You think so, Unky? Certainly. Here, dry your tears, my dear. If you're going to marry Bronco, you've got to learn to trust him. That's the most important part of a marriage. All right, Unky. Yeah. A man and his wife have to believe in each other, Marjorie. Faith and trust are just as important as love. I know, Unky. But... But... But what? Where's Bronco? <laughs> 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 
you was Mr. Bronco. Now, for corn's sake, hasn't he showed up yet? No, he ain't. Miss Marjorie pacing up and down, looking out the windows. Mr. Gilsley pacing up and down. It's gonna be time to go to the church for the wedding rehearsal, and no Mr. Bronco. Oh, he'll come back when it's dinner time. Paul, Miss coming up the street? Huh? No, that's Rumson Bullard with his alligator briefcase. It's almost six o'clock, Unky. Where's Bronco? Marjorie, he'll come back. Bertie's starting dinner. He's bound to be here. On the night of our wedding rehearsal, he leaves me. Marjorie, please stop wailing. He probably had to wait for his tire to be fixed. He's only been gone a couple of hours. That blonde from the Everglades. Why didn't she stay there? Now, my dear, that girl means nothing to Bronco. How could he be interested in her? Unky, look at the picture. Zeke. <laughs> I mean, why should he? I mean, he wouldn't. Well, I'm not even going to think about it. That's the girl. If he comes back, he'll come back. If he doesn't, he doesn't. That's the spirit, my dear. But, Unky. Yeah? Where's Bronco? Boy. Leroy? <laughs> he must be somewhere, Unky. Yeah, he's gotta be somewhere. Why don't you call a gas station? I called the gas station. He's not there. Well, too bad. Guess he flew the coop. <laughs> Any word from Mr. Bronco, Miss Marjorie? Not yet, Bertie. He's gone. Leroy, stop saying he's gone. How do you know he's gone? Well, he isn't here. If he isn't here, he's gone. Uh, oh, Miss Marjorie. <laughs> oh, what a household. Darn Bronco, anyway. Where is that boy? Say, maybe. Took Everglades, I mean Hazel, back to Broadmoor to his family. Sure. Oh, do you think so, Unky? Certainly. Give me the telephone. I'll call dear Mother Thompson. <laughs> it, well, Mrs. Bullard on the line. They could go on all night. <laughs> Holy cow, what's everybody so excited about? Leroy, go sit on the front porch. You wait here, Marjorie. I'll run down to Peavy's drugstore and use the payphone. I don't think he's at home. No, Marjorie. Oh, Unky. Don't tell me I know. Where's Bronco? Hello, Peavy. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> The man from Look Magazine tells me they're going to run a lot of pictures of Marjorie's wedding next week. Yeah, that's right, Peavy. Like to have me save some copies for you? About 20, Peavy. But right now, I just want to use your telephone. We have a little problem at our house. Give me a couple of nickels, please. Two nickels, Mr. Gildersleeve? I gave you a dime, Peavy. Well, there's no harm in asking. <laughs> now, if I can just get into this darn... As you can, getting in, Mr. Gildersleeve. The booth is right next to the perfume counter. Yeah. 
All right, PBS. Large man got in there the other day and sneezed. What of it? Broke two dollars worth of toilet water. <laughs> All right, PB. I didn't get in here to sneeze. I've got to make a very important phone call. Now go right ahead. Operator, get me Broadmoor 2242. Everything all right at home, I hope. I don't know, Peavy. Bronco's disappeared. You don't say. Yeah, he went down to the depot to pick up an old girlfriend. That Miss Everglades on the front page of the newspaper. Oh. It's not that at all, Peavy. <laughs> a young man like Bronco would look twice at a girl dressed like she was. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, for goodness. You get your party, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, they probably left for the church. Well, that's too bad. Are you getting out of the phone booth now, Mr. Gildersleeve? P.V., quit worrying about your toilet water. <laughs> I'm not going to sneeze. <laughs> Darn operator didn't give me my nickel back. Well, sometimes the nickel drops down and people don't hear it. It does? Oh, I find quite a few nickels that way. <laughs> P.V., I can't see in this coin slot. S dusty. <sighs> Oop. Ah. Ah. You're sun tight. Break anything, Peavy? No, I was holding on to the bottle. <laughs> uh, well, I have to go home and tell Marjorie I couldn't find him. No, I wish I could help you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Thank you, Peavy. Can't understand this. Why the boy should drop suddenly out of sight this way. Peavy, if you went down to the depot to pick up a girl like Hazel, a friend of the family, where would you go? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Well? No use, Mr. Gildersleeve. Mrs. Peavy doesn't have any friends like that. <laughs> All right, Peavy. Good night. Uncle Mort, I'm going to call off the wedding rehearsal. Now, don't do anything hasty, my dear. It's only 7.30. I'm going to call off the wedding, too. Marjorie. You can't call it off now. I already took my bath. Yeah. <laughs> Leroy, go out in the kitchen with Bertie. I was out there. She told me to come in here with you. Yes. I'll never get married. I'll never trust another man as long as I live. Now, Marjorie, be fair. Something must have happened to the boy. I know what happened. He got cold feet. <laughs> Leroy, go out and sit on the front porch. I've been sitting on the front porch. Well, go sit there some more. Oh, for corn's sake. Uh. Oh, Unky, it all started when I walked into, walked into this room and Bronco saw me in those terrible clothes. Oh, no. And then he went down to the depot and saw that... That bathing beauty. Marjorie, Bronco wouldn't leave you. Well, where is he? I wish I knew. All I know, my dear, is that Bronco loves you. He wouldn't push you aside for a bathing suit, a doll face. Then where is he? Marjorie, if you say that once Excuse more... Excuse me, Miss Marjorie. Any word from Mr. Bronco? Not a word, Bertie. Oh, Miss Marjorie. Oh, my goodness. This is the end, Uncle Mort. I don't care what you or anybody else says. I'm never going to speak to Bronco again. I'm never going to see him again. Now, Marjorie? I'm going to pack up and leave. I'll go to Washington and be a census taker. If... <laughs> now, just a minute. Now, don't try to talk me out of anything. I'm through. I'm through with Bronco and you and everybody. <laughs> oh, me! Oh, shut up, everybody. <laughs> Great Scott, what's that? Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm here. Bronco, uh, Marjorie, it's Bronco. He's here. Marge! Oh, Marge. Bronco Thompson, what happened to you? For goodness sake, look at your clothes, boy. You look like you'd fallen into a threshing machine. I had to crawl out a window. Crawl out a 
window. Oh, you... Yeah, take it easy, Marjorie. Bronco Thompson, where is that blonde? Blonde? Oh, Hazel. Oh, she and her husband and the two children went to a hotel. Two children? (laughs) You see, I was right all the time. But, Bronco, where have you been? Where have I been? I brought your uncle's car back and drove it in, and I was sitting there for a second thinking, and somebody locked the garage. (laughs) The uh, garage, eh? Oh, Bronco, baby, have you been in the garage all this time? Yeah. I yelled and yelled, but it's way back there. Nobody heard me. Oh, Bronco, you poor darling. Yeah. (laughs) Baby. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Bernie, put the dinner on. Bronco's back. Get ready for the wedding, folks. Start up the merry-go-round again. Leroy! Great Gildersleeve will be with us again very shortly. Simply amazing, that's what women are saying about the neat package marked Kraft Deluxe Slices. And it is simply amazing how one package so neat holds eight big sandwich-sized slices, a whole half pound of wonderful pasteurized processed cheese. And it's mellow good cheese that's cut, wrapped, and sealed right in the spick-and-span Kraft plant. Tomorrow, look in your grocer's dairy case for Kraft Deluxe Cheese Slices. went well, though. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Hey, Unc. Hmm? What is it, my boy? Look at Marge and Bronco out on the porch. Huh? They've been standing there saying goodnight for half an hour. Yeah, cute. You must be goony. <laughs> Why do they have to say goodnight 50 times? <clears throat> well, someday you'll understand, my boy. Takes a lot of good nights to say goodnight when you're in love. <laughs> Good night, Marge. Good night, Bronco. There they go again. <laughs> well, my boy, this is their last time to say goodnight on the porch. Next week they'll be married. May 10th. Hope all our friends will join us for the wedding. Good night, darling. Good night, dear. Kiss me, Unc. <laughs> Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. The show was written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White with music by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, and Dick LeGrand. This is Jim Doyle saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday for Marjorie's Wedding on the Great Gildersleeve Show. And folks, goodnight.
Which suits your taste? Mustard that's mild, delicately spiced, or a sharp, snappy mustard with zing in every bite? Either way, you like craft prepared mustard. For there are two kinds. Salad mustard, tangy but smooth, and craft prepared mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand. For different tastes, different uses. Either works magic in bringing out hidden flavor. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Get craft prepared mustard. This is NBC. Well, there you have it, friends, from May 3rd, 1950... The Great Gildersleeve, as Marjorie was terribly worried about Bronco. Just where did he go? Well, it turns out all was well. <laughs> I, I knew Bronco wouldn't run out on Marjorie. I just knew it. He couldn't do that. No, not to our sweet little Marjorie. Well, hope you enjoyed the May 3rd, 1950 Great Gildersleeve as Marjorie kept wondering, if Bronco isn't there, then where is love? Here's Tony Bennett from an original album of mine I got many years ago, sometime in the 70s. Here's Tony Bennett to sing the song from Oliver, Where is Love? Take it, Tony!
know Tony. If you don't know, uh, who does? Uh, Tony Bennett, Where is Love? You know, that song came from the movie Oliver. And as I recall, that movie came out in 1968. And I was just a little kid. But we actually, as a little kid, I, was, I guess I was about 10 years old. We went out to see that movie in the theater. And I can still remember it today. Seeing it on the huge big screen and that beautiful red-haired lady who, I forget, she played uh, some sort of a, like a, hmm, well, let's just say she played a lady of the evening. And she was Oliver's friend, and wow, she was impressive, especially every time she breathed. Ooh. But Oliver, yeah, the kid Oliver, I believe he was played by Mark Lester. He's the one who sang that song, Where Is Love? And that was Tony Bennett's version from that movie, the uh, song from the movie, that is. Nice movie and a nice song from Tony Bennett. Well, friends, you may be wondering where is love, but you know what? I think Julie London wonders, just, just as Marjorie was wondering, where am I to go? Where do you go to find Bronco? When he's missing, that's Marjorie's problem and... It's Julie London's problem. Yeah, Julie. Oh, my. She saunders in here. Tell us about it, Julie. Where am I to go? And what am I to do without you? The world I knew revolved about you. Where am I to go? 
Julie. That is a problem. I can think of somewhere I'd like to see. You can come right here in the studio for one. Ah, yes, Julie London. Oh, she wonders, where am I to go? Poor Julie. Uh, Well, it's sort of like Marjorie. Where am I to go to find Bronco, she wondered. I think I know, though. I know where Marjorie could go, and so does Dean Martin. He tells Marjorie, on the street where you live, that's where you'll find Bronco. Tell her, Dean. Here's the great Dean Martin. Always stayed beneath my feet before All at once am I Several stories high No one I'm On the street where you live All the lilac trees In the heart of town In any other part of town Does enchantment pour Out of every door No, it's just On the street where you live And oh, the tower and feeling Just to know Somehow you are near The overpowering feeling That any second You may suddenly appear People stop and stare They don't bother me For there's nowhere else on earth That I would rather be Let the time go by I won't care if I Can be here On the street where you and stare They don't bother me For there's nowhere else on earth that I would rather be Let the time go by I won't care if I Can't be here On the street where you live can be here on the street where you live can be here on the street where you live
Dean Martin. Dean Martin on the street where you live. That came from the movie My Fair Lady. I didn't plan this to be, but it looks like we're playing a lot of songs from some very great movies. Well, anyway, Dean wasn't in the movie, but he sang the song anyway. Uh, I understand we have got ourselves a visitor coming in. Well, well, if it ain't Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean heard our show from outside, and he wanted to stop on by. You know, Jimmy, every time I see you, I think of my breakfast. Whenever I have breakfast, well, most days, about every other day, actually, I have a Jimmy Dean breakfast. Yes, with those bacon. I don't like sausage so much, but I do have the sausage once in a while, Jimmy. But the bacon, croissant, cheese, and egg. That's it. Bacon, egg, and croissant sandwich. Ah, I like those, but you know, Jimmy, I I hate to have to tell you this, but today I had a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, but it wasn't the Jimmy Dean brand. No, it was was a cheaper brand, but, eh, well... Yeah, you can buy cheaper sausage than Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean sausage doesn't cook away like the bargain brands do. I had a whole lot rather explain the price than apologize for the quality. Jimmy Dean, you get what you pay for. Hey, uh, well, I guess you're right about that. I did. <laughs> I did get. But actually, you know, Jimmy, it wasn't all that bad. It was one of them uh, Walmart brand croissants with egg and cheese. And, eh, eh, uh, it wasn't that bad as long as you don't overcook it. it. They tasted pretty good. That's what I had for breakfast today. But I understand you stopped by to sing one of my favorite songs. I once played the Tom T. Hall hit version of this song, but you do a mighty fine version of this. Jimmy, I'd like to hear you talk about old dogs, children, and watermelon wine. That'd be perfect for right now. Take it, Jimmy. How old do you think I am, he said, and I said, I don't know. He said, I turned 65. About 11 months ago I was sitting In Miami Pouring blended Whiskey down When this Old gray Black gentleman Was Cleaning up the lounge No one else was in the place except this old man and me the guy behind the bar was watching Ironsides on TV so uninvited he sat down and he just opened up his mind on old dog children and watermelon wine ever had a drink of watermelon wine he asked and he told me all about it though I never answered back Ain't but three things in this world, he said, worth a solitary dime. And that's old 
dogs and children and watermelon wine. Now, women folks, they think of themselves when men folks ain't around. And it's hard to find a friend when they discover that you're down. He said, I'd done it all when I was young and in my natural prime. But now it's old dogs and children and watermelon wine. Old dogs, you know, they still care about you, even though you made mistakes. And God bless the little children while they're still too young to hate. As he moved away, I found my pen and I jotted down that line about old dogs and children and watermelon wine. started for my room I saw him picking up my change but that night I dreamed in peaceful sleep and about shady summertime and about old dogs and children and watermelon wine About old dogs and children and watermelon wine. Oh my, ain't nothing better. Well, I can think of one thing. Maybe them croissants with bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, they could be better than watermelon wine. Thank you, Jimmy. One of our very favorite guests here on Sounds Like Radio, Jimmy Dean. Thanks, Jimmy, for stopping by. Always good to see you. You know, Jimmy Dean and Walter Brennan, Grandpa, and Frank Fontaine, I think they're my favorite people who stop by here on Sounds Like Radio every once in a while. And you know, one time we're going to have Jimmy back, and he's going to do for us his big hit. I know he wants to do it. We never asked him to do it before, but we're going to ask him. We're going to have Jimmy Dean sing Big Bad John uh, sometime in the future here on Sounds Like Radio. Yeah, you know, when you think of Jimmy Dean, you just got to hear Big Bad John. Maybe as you're eating one of them bacon, egg, and cheese croissants. (laughs) Oh, my. All right, friends, that'll do it for today. 
Yeah, we heard the May 3rd, 1950 episode of The Great Gildersleeve and a whole lot of really fine music, if you ask me. We will be back again next week or next time you tune in. We're going to be back and we're going to have some more great music and more Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. Until then, I am me saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody.